That's right. Once a month, we get to sit down with the mayor of the city of Detroit. He's right across from me. Mike Duggan, how are you, Mayor? Hey, good to see yeah. you, Mitch. All right. Nice to have us all in here. This is the uh, this is the stick the middle finger to COVID show. Oh. <laughs> or anything. Or any or RSV or whatever else might be coming down the pike. I don't want to This stop. is by the way, this is the last time we're doing this for the next six months. <laughs> yes, because it's the weather is getting colder. Uh, I want to say hi before we uh, jump in with the mayor to Yona Gray and Diane Narden. Yeah. Who are right over there yeah, through the yeah. uh, glass? Hey. Uh, they hey, are ladies. Make a Wish Foundation winners. Oh, excellent! Watching from next door through the glass. You can come in here at some point and say hello to us. They will. Okay. Although that is the better place yeah. to be <laughs> on the other side of the glass. And if you touch a tasty cake, you may pull back a bloody stump yeah. from Dep- Rosie. Depending on, on how the show goes, Mayor Duggan may be on your side by the <laughs> commercial break. Seeking yeah. asylum. Yeah. 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 So uh, this is your opportunity, folks, to talk to our mayor about anything. Uh, 877-44-MITS is the phone number. The lines will be open for the next 40 minutes or so. And if you've got a question about anything that's going on in the city... Uh, the upcoming elections, if you've got a fire hydrant that's spilling over in front of your house and you live in the city of Detroit, don't call if you're like in Traverse City because you can't really <laughs> do a lot about that. No, right. But if you're in Detroit, this is your opportunity. 877-44-MITCH, uh, anything you want to ask the mayor, and we're going to ask him some questions too. So let me start on that while we're collecting some phone calls. So it is a week from today is um, election day. Very important election on a lot of levels. And with all the... Sturm and Drang that's been going on about elections across the country and the fairness of them and how are we going to check up on them and all the rest. How are you feeling about the city of Detroit, which is going to play a very key part in a lot of uh, important elections here um, in terms of security, uh, culpability, making sure that everything is fair? Well, two years ago, uh, of course, there were challenges Five separate lawsuits, all five lawsuits, found that the city of Detroit had handled the ballots properly. They were dismissed. The lawyers who brought the claims to try to discredit the elections in Detroit were fined $175,000 by the federal judge. And then the judge ordered the lawyers to take additional ethics classes so they didn't bring sham lawsuits in the future, but does anybody par- check up on that? And I, make sure I, I, I hope. Well, yeah. I think maybe they didn't go to the ethics classes because this week we saw another sham lawsuit. Oh, really? Uh, by the and, same lawyers? Uh, by by the same faction. Oh. Uh, uh, Caramo, the Secretary of State candidate, who only wants mail-in <laughs> ballots canceled in Detroit. But <laughs> if you voted for her out of uh, Alpena or Charlevoix, those can be counted. But mail-in <laughs> votes in Detroit, she has no reason why it's any different. Uh, and so I, I know how that's going to go. We're going to have another round of sanctions and probably more ordered ethics classes. But uh, the the ballots are coming in steadily. And I'd say to Detroiters, we don't have one election day anymore. Uh, uh, the polls are open at 13 locations, nine to four for the next seven days. You've got seven election days. Uh, and the best way to deal with this kind of nonsense is show up and cast your vote. And that means weekends, too. Yes. Monday. So, so people who have said, you know, why don't we have election days on Saturdays yeah. or Sundays? Because, you know, we, I have to work. You can now do that if you want to actually cast a vote. And these are places where you can right. go just like you would on next Tuesday 
and go get a ballot. So there's staff. There are people there. They're ready to take your ballot. There are. People say we should make uh, Election Day a holiday. I said, well, you've got Saturday and Sunday that you can vote already. Now, people don't realize how quickly this has changed, but we've got 13 locations. They're at recreation centers, easy to get to places where you go in, vote. There's usually very little line. Uh, And so... Make a plan, uh, and sometime in the next seven days, yeah. I'm going to go vote Thursday afternoon with my wife. That's our plan. Why not? Uh, Good right. time. Thursday it's, afternoon. Thursday Honey, afternoon. Want to vote? <laughs> short. Then we'll lunch. get lunch. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we actually our schedules to be the same place at the same time. How can people find out where those? It's, uh, it's on the city are. website with the city clerk, and uh, there's a big rec center near you that'd be easy to vote at. Are there ballot boxes still around the city, Mayor? Uh, So what you see around the city are 20 drop boxes because at this point, if you've got an absentee ballot in the mail, please do not put stamps on it and mail it back. The Postal Service in Detroit Uh. is not reliable enough, and if your ballot doesn't arrive by Election Day, it probably will not be counted. But we've got 20 drop boxes around the city. We've got the locations there that you can come. You don't need any stamps. Drop it off in the drop box. It's collected by the clerk every evening under a... uh, There's cameras on the drop boxes, high degree of security. The security of the Detroit elections was praised down the line after the last cycle, and we've followed the same process here. I'm confident uh, that uh, there will not be any problems counting the city of Detroit, and I'm confident... Uh, that uh, the there will be people who allege it anyway, and even though they know it's not true. <laughs> well, please well, tell the news only people if they lose. Yeah, yeah, please tell yeah. the news people don't bring a news truck to Cobo at the night of the election. Right. So right. Get right. that picture going around and the country. Drop, is, you know, just make sure they just keep all the news trucks away. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. I mean, that was the crazy story where they, they put the video out yeah. at like 3 in the morning saying, here's the box of ballots being brought in to the counting center in Detroit that Channel 7 went out and said, that was our camera. <laughs> was and our camera. Truck. <laughs> truck uh, that was being circulated as a story that there were uh, uh, a box of ballots coming in. It's the kind of nonsense we have to deal with. But I just want to say to everybody, go out sometime in the next seven days, vote. You don't even have to worry about it on election day. Yeah. Those, those Dropbox locations are on the website? They're on the website, too. All of the in-person, 13 in-person voting locations have a Dropbox, and then there's seven other Dropboxes uh, around this, the This, of course, is in, in Detroit. How, uh, we just had a debate a little earlier in the uh, program in the 5 o'clock hour between on Proposal 2, uh, between two sides, and I thought they both represented themselves well. And um, one, of, of course, of the points of contention, which is something that's going on right now but will be codified in the Constitution if Proposal 2 uh, won and was passed, was that you can just show up at a voting place and say, I am who I say I am. I'll sign an affidavit to that effect. And you get not a provisional ballot that says, well, we have to check and make sure, but about a legitimate ballot goes in and it, and it, and it uh, counts. Now, the person who was against proposal two said, they're not going to check that. No one's going to follow up on that. Uh, so how do you know that somebody can oh. just show up and say who they are? How what do you ma- say to that? How many people do you know would risk a felony charge in order to cast a vote. I mean, that's what you're talking about. I don't know enough people who would risk an alarm clock (laughs) to go cast a vote. If they're up, they're up. I mean, that's that's the thing is, 
Uh, you have to sign an affidavit and commit a felony right. to do what more one more vote. What are you going to do? Go around to five places and uh, uh, and do five false affidavits, and you can end up in prison for years. This is the kind of stuff that we're up against. There's no evidence this has ever happened. There's no evidence that anybody wants to vote so bad they'll commit a felony in order to do it. But they dream up these scenarios to try to scare you. What's the percentage of people? Uh, because the um, the person in favor of Prop Two had a statewide percentage, which was astronomical. It was like 98 or 99% of people who show up to vote have, a, have an ID. Right, right. Do you know what it is in Detroit? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a relatively small percentage. Uh, so you That have, don't have an ID. Right, that don't have an ID, right. Uh, and uh, pretty much everybody in the city has got a driver's license or a state ID if you don't uh, happen to be driving. Uh, but this has been a, a, a practice in this state for years. There's nothing new about it except... Uh, that it'll be locked into the uh, Constitution. But this is what we're talking about. If somebody had shown a case where somebody cast a 1,000 fraudulent votes, that's not the case. There's no evidence that there's been any fraudulent votes. But what are you trying to do? You're trying to get folks in areas uh, that tend to be poorer areas, and you do everything you can to try uh, to keep them from voting. And that's not what this country's about. Let's well, go to the phone lines. I don't come from this country, Mitch. You know, for five, if I go, I have a state ID, though. I get five years free room and board if I just go sign the affidavit. There vote. you go. Would well, you go please? Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want that room and board. That way we're not. That way we're not paying your room <laughs> and board. Right. Eight seven seven forty four. Mitch. Hi, Ken. You're on the Mitch album program with Mayor Duggan. Hi, Mayor Duggan. And good evening. So, major league sports teams have um, caps on salaries for players because. Um, some teams could be too powerful. Um, what would you would you support caps on elections on how much is spent? Well, we we used to have them uh, in various forms. Uh, Citizens United uncapped all of them. But if you go back ten or fifteen years in a governor's race, we had voluntary check off on the tax returns, and if you were a candidate for governor, if you chose uh, to. Uh, except the state money, right. you could only spend like a million dollars, and it was capped. Now, I don't remember when it would happen. You know, 14, 16 years ago, people started to uh, turn down the state money, and now, of course, there's so much money being spent. But I do agree with that. I think I think it was a good system. I can't stand it. I, I can't even stand to watch TV. Yeah. Uh, well, it's so imbalanced. And, and I always used to call this the oak tag uh, theory, because when we were kids and you ran for student election, they had a rule that said you get two pieces of yep. oak tag and you can make you can make up a bunch of little uh-huh. posters. Or you can make a big poster where you get two pieces of oak tag and that's it. You can't have any more signs. You can't spend anything else. Each kid got two pieces of oak tag. And in theory, that's what it ought to be here now. And how did you do? <laughs> I lost, I'm sure. But I, I made some very nice pieces of oak tag that I hung up. Uh, but th- I agree with you totally. There ought to, it ought to be it ought to be a low number. It ought to be a limit on TV things. You have to force people to go out and actually campaign and, and not rely on people who walk in with ten billion dollars to spend yeah. so they can buy their their, their uh, you know ad can- TV ad campaigns. And that should be it. And so and, and if you and, and if you violate it, you're out. So, which was the oak tag rule. If you yeah. put up a third piece of oak tag, the other person won. So fifteen years ago, the analysis was with social media campaign spending would be gone because everybody could reach everybody for free sure. by yeah, sending that work out? emails yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Twitter feeds. And, of course, it's just not the way the world has turned. Election ends are keeping yeah. media alive. Mm. 877 Mitch. 
Roy, hi, you're on the Mitch Album program. Mayor Duggan is our guest, as he is once a month with us. Go ahead, Roy. Hi, Mayor. Can traffic Maybe. signals be removed or made inoperative? Sure. <laughs> currently at sure. very low traffic intersection. Sure. For example, uh, drive, drive East Jefferson. I do. Every day, twice a day. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do. And it's terrible. Which, and, which, uh, I, I, so I, I drive in to work on Jefferson every day. Tell me which intersection you'd like to eliminate. Because if you're on Jefferson, it annoys you. But we're going past neighborhoods who are trying to make left turns out of the neighborhood. And those right. street lights are there for the safety of people leaving their, uh, uh, their residential streets. But uh, I, I'm in favor of fewer lights if we can find a safe way to do it. How would I get you that list? Because I've already made it. <laughs> and so let me ask you this. And so, and where yeah. do you live? On top of In Gross Point Park. In Gross Point Park, Park right? Yeah. Uh, and and so uh, uh, you, you sent a letter to to City Hall, but uh, we're trying to balance the interests of moving the traffic along Jefferson and protecting the safety of the people pulling out. You of Couldn't the do it. Blinking lights. Uh, they turn, I think, at 10 p.m. I think they all turn to blinking. But well, when do they turn back in the morning? Oh, I don't know, 6 a.m. something like that. Uh, so. Uh, Maybe. I always I always thought blinking lights were the smartest resolution to the, those kinds of intersections yeah. because if they're really that untrafficked, then when a person wants to make a right-hand turn or a left-hand turn, they're going to have a wide opening to do it anyhow. Mitch, I will take you to uh, a street coming out of Indian Village on Jefferson. You're trying to turn out into a five-lane street, and yeah. before that, there's a row of parked cars, That's which we true. have to see around. So one blinking light... Oh, uh, no. is not that's is not, not the right place to do it. It's, is not good, but that's basically what we've got along Jefferson. So uh, nobody slowed down by the traffic uh, on Jefferson more than me, but uh, I think we've got a pretty good balance. But we're always willing to take a look at maybe it. Maybe when we maybe when we redo three seventy five, we could make a traffic circle. Yeah, and we bring it up to street level. I, I'm not a big fan of those traffic <laughs> circles. Oh, no, no. roundabouts. Uh, okay, yeah, roundabout. I'm going to show my my uh, growing up in the East prejudice. New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, but when you grew up in New Jersey, you had to go around a circle on your driver's test, and and we all learned at 16 oh, yeah. or 17 how to do those things. And I'm going to say this, and at risk of of of, of making somebody. People here don't know how to drive circle. They don't. Okay? No. They stop. They look <laughs> right. both ways. They make sure <laughs> they, no one's coming around. That's, that negates the point of a circle. They panic, the point of, yeah. Yeah, they panic. They panic. Can, can I go? Way. I don't want to go. I see that guy's coming around. I can't tell if he's going to go straight or if he's going to turn. The whole point of it is to right. flow yeah, into so. it. You're supposed to flow in and they get into the circle. Well, this is when you know people don't yeah. know. Yeah. You, the, you look to your left. For the car. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. yeah. When you get people to go up there, they look right. You know, <laughs> I don't care what you say. The car is just as much damage if it's coming from the right. Yes. Okay. I, I look both ways. I don't care what those arrows say. <laughs> See? You're slowing us down. I am. I'm, I'm terrible at those. <laughs> Mayor, can I just say one more location in Detroit? It needs help so bad. I almost saw an accident just today. You're eastbound on 8 Mile Road. You're going to the Lodge Freeway. And then there's that service drive. Right. That first set of lights you come to. There's got to be a no turn on red because people just. I tell you, what, I'm going to bring Ron Brundage yeah, with me, the DPW bad. director, because you guys have great insights <laughs> oh, into the individual intersections. I bet we could do like the most listened to hour ever on WJR. So just call in and complain about a particular corner, and Ron will take care of it for you. Eight seven seven forty four Mitch. Um, I want to get. 
well, let me jump back to the phone calls, but don't let me forget, you brought up Indian Village. Yes. You mentioned before, and, and I want to ask you, how it is that in this day and age when you now have the Cleveland, whatever they are, yeah. and the Washington Thanks. Commanders, no more, no more uh, that we still have Indian Village because there was a lot of talk about, well, they've got to get rid of Indian Village, but it's still standing. But I want to get to another phone call. We'll get to that in a second. Vance, hi, you're on the Mitch Album program. Go ahead. Hey, Mitch, good afternoon. Mayor, thank you for being available. Um, so Vance Patrick is a name you probably heard because there's a bronze plaque down at the Belle Isle Aquarium that says Vance Patrick led a group of dedicated volunteers to get the Belle Isle Aquarium reopened. So that's the Vance Patrick we're talking about today. Oh, anyway, I bought a house in uh, Kirchival and Grand Boulevard. Um, I had cut some tree- trees down. The house has been vacant for 20 years. Piled the sticks up. The sticks didn't get picked up. I'm like, all right, we'll pick the sticks up. We picked the sticks up about uh, two months later. I get a blight violation. All right, I pay the blight violation, and then I get another blight violation a couple months ago, and then we went to court. They said, well, painting. There are a couple of the things that they said, like, oh, well, the house is in for permit. I've been in plan review for two months now. Still haven't gotten a plan or a, a permit. And then I paid that, and then before I even got my receipt, for the last blight violation, the city has hit me up with another blight violation. And, and what's what's really this one? What's this one for? It, it just says blight, five hundred dollars. No, no, but I mean, is it, it's, so if I if we were to, if we were to be looking at the house right now, what does it look like? It's a brick structure with uh, one boarded up window in the front, and it, it, we cut the grass weekly. Um, it definitely doesn't look like the other houses in the neighborhood. Where's the blight? Um, there's a gutter that's, um, dis, uh, dislodged on the front of the house. There's a balcony on the back of the house that, again, there's no handrail around it. Is it, but is again, it vacant? Is it a vacant that? house? Yeah. Okay. It's registered as a vacant house. Okay. But it, what I'm getting at is, Mitch, is that does the city think that because I'm an Oakland County resident investing in the city that they see that I paid my two blight uh-huh. violations, so there's a cash cow uh-huh. here? So they're just going to keep hitting me. I, I uh, yeah, I, our, our, our inspectors are going through neighborhoods for privately owned abandoned houses or vacant houses that are not up to code. Our inspector, when they write the ticket, has no way of knowing uh, where you live. They're looking at the building itself. Um, but if you'll give us the address off the air, I'll have our folks look into it. But when you buy a house in the city, you got a responsibility to get it fixed up and get it occupied. If you're on a fast track, we should be supporting you. If you're on a slow track, you're going to run up a bunch of fines. But that's true of everybody. Why don't you leave us the uh, information? Leave us the information about your uh, location. Uh, we'll put you on hold here, and we'll, and we'll get somebody to look into it. Uh, hang with us, folks. We're going to take a brief break, and we've got a lot more phone calls, 877 mitch We'll continue with Mayor Mike Duggan. A little later on, Frank Ragnow from the Lions going to join us. Talk about uh, the T.J. Hawkinson trade. It's 760 WJR. Okay, we have uh, 60 seconds. Answer the Indian Village question, Mayor uh, Mayor Duggan. Yes. How, how is Indian Village still called Indian Village? Uh, well, all the neighborhoods are decided by the neighbors who live there. Right. And so there were some neighbors who wanted to change the name. Great majority of neighbors didn't. And ultimately, uh, they changed the name of the newsletter, which I thought, I'm trying to remember what it was, Smoke Signal or something. Smoke Signal, yeah. It was kind of, so, okay. they, so, so they changed, <laughs> they changed the name of the newsletter, which I thought they should have done. They don't have an annual meeting in a teepee, do they? <laughs> and, and I think the individual who started the issue has now accepted the fact 
uh, that they've reached a, a compromise. I think it was a healthy discussion to have, but I think yeah. the community is pretty unified on where they ended up. Yeah. Well, I definitely the smoke signal yeah. thing had to go. And you don't want to call anybody a wet no. blanket by any yeah. okay. <laughs> Cost big wampum. All buy. right, all right. Back here. Before we get in trouble, uh, yes. 877-44-MITCH <laughs> to talk to Mayor Duggan on the other side of this news break. All right, we're visiting with Mayor Mike Duggan here in the studio, as we do every month. Your opportunity to ask the mayor any question you like. We've had some pretty interesting ones. 877-44-MITCH. Let's go back to the phone lines. Casey, you're on the Mitch Album program with Mayor Duggan. Why, go ahead, Mayor. Oh, no, not that case. <laughs> go ahead, Casey. Hey, how are you, Mitch? How are you, Mike? Hey, good We're evening. Good. Excellent. Um, yeah, I probably talked to you maybe six or seven years ago, but I uh, just want to get an update on the, uh, I guess, $7 billion investment in Highland Park. Um, but my idea 30 years ago was why not? I've, got, I've been to 41 countries, 48 states. Detroit is such an anomaly. If it wants to be a cosmopolitan city, it has no viable Chinatown, no, no Asian area for food and culture and stuff. I, I suppose, you know, proposed 30 years ago, sell the city of Highland Park to the Chinese. You know, they, they had the Hong Kong takeover. It's like have a, a, a transportation, have them viably uh, move into that area and rebuild it. Um, it just, I, I don't know what the $7 billion is going to be invested in now, but we almost need a Chinatown in Detroit to compete with other cities with viability. Okay, well, Highland Park is a, is a separate city. I wouldn't count that $7 billion dollars. Uh, as as being there, but the they will elect a mayor next Tuesday. Maybe Mitch could get the mayor of Highland Park in here. <laughs> just to sell it to the Chinese. <laughs> talk, have, have I'm sure he'll be in a hurry to arrive here for that proposal. We've had dealings with Highland Park. We have our uh, medical clinic is in Highland Park. It is separate from what this gentleman is suggesting. Uh, it is one of the greatest anomalies to me of the city of Detroit and living here that there is a city within a city that has its own rules and its own mayor surrounded on all sides. What, what challenges, I mean, if that yeah. didn't ha- if that didn't exist, what would we yeah. be able to do that we're not able to do now because it's well, two separate entities? Well, of course, the, the, the history was when Henry Ford built the Model right. T plant, made his own uh, he said, we're going to create a city because as Detroit expanded, you couldn't annex a city. And he said, this will be the wealthiest city because we'll keep all the wealth here. And for a while it was, for through the 50s and even into the 60s, Highland Park was a wealthy mm-hmm. uh, community, but now... Uh, it breaks my heart to go through there. The yeah. graffiti on yeah. the buildings, the vacant houses, the lack of recreation. They have no high school. I mean, you go down the uh, the list. But uh, I know they're having elections, and uh, uh, we'll work with whoever uh, is there. But it, it's heartbreaking. Could anybody ever, is there a mechanism to make proposals that it would return to the city of Detroit? Uh, well, it never was part of the city of Detroit, uh, but... For the under state law, for any two cities to merge, a majority of both city, the people have to hold the vote. Uh-huh. And there's been no conversation uh, like that. And uh, well, wouldn't I, it wouldn't it be in the benefit of both parties? So, I, given I, the current state of Highland Park, I, I never go any place I'm not invited. Uh, uh-huh. So, uh, no, nobody from Highland Park has said, "Hey, uh, we we want to talk to you," but. 
Um, you know, we are talking to a couple of uh, the surrounding communities about potentially taking over their fire services. There are mm-hmm. things that you could do right. where we have a large department on the border and we're doing mutual aid anyway. So there are areas where we definitely could have benefits, but as far as merging cities, there's been no conversation like mm. that. Yeah, can I ask a quick question about uh, the fulfillment center, uh, the old state right. fairgrounds mayor? Apparently that was supposed to be ready uh, for, I guess for like about 1,200 new employees, and now that's been pushed back a little bit. What's yeah. the status yeah. on they're, that? They're, they're installing the last of the robotics, but I'm assuming uh, that they didn't try to hire and start during the middle of Christmas season, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the answer. <laughs> okay, All okay. Right. So what about next year then? Yeah, yeah no, about, it'll be open next year. They, they, Amazon's put $400 million into that building. They're wow. going to fill it up. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. The, uh, is there a completion date for the train station? Uh, um, it, you know, I... The answer is it's supposed to be late 23. Late 23. Uh, and I think they'll start to move in uh, before that. And, and we're talking about potentially doing the state of the city speech uh, there oh, in the spring wow. uh, yeah, to, to show That's that off. Last, oh. last year I did it at the General Motors uh, Factory right. Zero. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people could be interested to see the inside of the station. That but it's Ken, wonderful. Kenny, do you have a question for the mayor? Yeah, I was just, I was just <laughs> sitting around here. I could just talk about the seas in Highland Park if you guys want to come back to it. Eight seven seven forty four. Mitch, hi Marie. You're on the Mitch Album program with Mayor Duggan. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Mayor. I have a question. I used to own some property in the city, and unfortunately had to file for bankruptcy back in 2011, and that property was under the bankruptcy. The bankruptcy's been discharged. We still keep getting water bills from the city. We called the water department. We've sent letters with a copy of the the bankruptcy papers um, and all the creditors and everything on it. But we still, it's been 10 years. We still get a water bill. If you give us the address offline, I will get the water department tomorrow to stop sending you a bill. How's that for service? Yeah. Yeah. That is service. Let me find the latest bill. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You better find the bill. Yeah. Yeah. Find the bill. And we're gonna we're gonna put you on hold. Yeah. And if there are any windows that need to be done, uh Kevin will come out. Uh but, but we're gonna put you on hold and give uh the gentleman who picks up the phone the uh, address, okay? Turn that faucet off. Um, I'm reading an interesting article here that says Detroit is on a mission to build the, quote, largest library of street art anywhere in the planet. According to USA Today, we are already number four in the country for best street art. I believe it. Uh, we have a lot of, obviously, you know, murals and things that have been created. And uh, our old friend Rochelle Riley, who used to work for the Free Press and is now your director of the city's Office of Arts, Culture, and Entrepreneurship, says... Since I took this job, every time I see a blank wall, I think that's a canvas. I'm not sure everybody who has a blank wall (laughs) wants to hear that. Um, What's your take on this? Because there are some people who don't feel that graffiti art is art and covering every wall with it isn't really what they want to see. So you you said something that we have not said. It's not graffiti graffiti art. These are beautiful murals, uh, paintings of historical figures. Go look at what's happening in Eastern Market. Market, I have, of course, cracked out of the graffiti. There's very little graffiti in the city. But Brad Dick, our public services director some years ago, we have viaducts where as fast as we erase the graffiti, uh, somebody would put up new ones. He started to hire artists to paint murals, and those murals tend to be respected. And so we started replacing graffiti with beautiful drawings. When Rochelle Riley came in, uh, she put the program on steroids. And so we have people who come to visit this city, uh, and we have a lot of Detroiters who will pay a couple of thousand dollars 
uh, to paint a mural on the side of a, uh, a building. And uh, it is You can becoming, actually make money? People will pay oh, yeah. you to, to, for the right well, to The paint? city of Detroit will pay you. Oh, the city will so pay them. Okay. The, city, the city will get permission from the owner of the building. Yeah. Uh, and so, for example, there's a, a building down along Mack Avenue, a big red wall. Uh, we got permission, and this has got to be a 20-foot mural, uh, beautiful uh, mural of the particular artist. I think it was his grandmother. Does anybody uh, oversee what the subject matter is? Yeah, Rochelle uh, reviews it, but... Within reason, uh, we've got some that have some kind of a political message to them. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, we, there's, there's room for everybody's uh, perspective, but as long as it's not uh, offensive. But drive well, around pre- the I'm, city. You'll I'm see pretty sure we don't have a variety of political <laughs> messaging. We probably have pretty much one take. But um, Okay. Uh, that it? That's all we got? Yeah. We're out of time. Mm, Mayor, you ate up all the time. (laughs) Flies by with you. Yeah, it flies by. Well, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. Fantastic. Nice to see you as always. Great to have you.